Welcome to the Vine Podcast. This is Warren, and Rachel is back with me again today. Hello, Rachel. Hey, Warren. Hey, everybody. And today we are going to keep talking about rest, and specifically Sabbath and Sabbath rest. And this was, of course, we're going through the Ten Words or the Ten Commandments on on Sundays across a lot of our different kind of offerings and, um, and places of, of gathering on Sundays. And Sabbath specifically is, is a topic that I think we could, we could have easily done a whole series just on Sabbath and just approached it from a number of different directions and angles. And so I intentionally didn't try to throw everything into the sermon and especially uh, once the form f- changed from from kind of in person to video, I even took out more than I probably would have otherwise. Just because I think it's especially with video, the simpler the better um, is is kind of my thought. Uh, didn't want to go in too many different directions. So if you if you typically are with us on Sunday, or for those who are members of the Vine, we we did have uh, our daughter Isley tested positive for COVID late in the week, so we had to scramble on kind of what that meant for. For us late in the week, so that's why we made the switch to video and doing the sermon uh, in video form rather than in person form. But everyone seems to be good at our house now. We're all symptom free, so fingers crossed that that continues and we're kind of back to the normal rhythm and groove of things soon. Um, and personally, that's helpful for me because if the kids go back to school, that means I get my rest or Sabbath time during the week. <laughs> when when they are, are at school. So that's nice. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so I thought that we could spend some time here kind of getting to getting to some things that, that weren't covered in the sermon or just kind of extra stuff because there's so many potential things to cover or discuss as it relates to Sabbath. So that's kind of what we're going to do today. And Rachel and I are going to have that that conversation and, and talk about some different things that, that we think are important, maybe things that we didn't get to, uh, or things that, that we maybe wanted to touch on a little more. And so, Rachel, I'm going to let you start. What what would you like to add? What was missing yesterday? Or where where can we start on kind of some, some other points and in uh, places of conversation about Sabbath. You can go any direction, <laughs> kick us off and send us in a direction to start this. The first thing that I would want to say to frame our conversation about Sabbath is that I think that God intentionally instituted Sabbath um, for his people as a way of training them in faith. So for us, I see Sabbath as a school of discipleship. It's this countercultural declaration that God provides for us always, even when we are not productive or working. So Sabbath flies in the face of this illusion of control and runs counter to the belief that the world depends on me or on my people group or on my family or my community. And it trains us and disciples us to learn that the world depends on God. And so I think that it has a lot to do with the working out of the faith of the people of God and training them in 
believing in the provision and the goodness of God um, and in his sovereignty that when I stop doing all the things that I try to juggle all week long, God is still in control. The world still goes on. And I can look back and say, wow, things were still okay. <laughs> um, so I think it's, it's for us, it's an opportunity to realize that I'm not in control. The world doesn't depend on me. And it's a way to grow my faith and to see that God is still sovereign. He is still in control. And so that's one of the things that I practically appreciate about it now and that I think was part of God's heart and intention for it in the beginning and giving it. Yeah, you know, for me, I think I used the language of less in the sermon that I think we often think of of rest and ceasing from work as meaning meaning less, less opportunities, productivity, whatever it may be. And I think even even kind of after kind of landing on that language and thinking more about it personally, I think for me it feels like if or where I'm tempted to kind of fall sometimes is that if I'm not productive or if I'm not doing anything, quote unquote doing anything, you know, that it feels like I'm wasting time. And I think that phrase, wasting time, is is instructive and informative to how I and I think many of us think about what we do with ourselves, what we do with our time. What does it look like to have a quote-unquote good day or productive day? Um, and and I think even you know reading a lot of other people's thoughts on Sabbath the last week or so, the idea of time does come up a lot, and and this idea that it was God's invitation for for Israel to be kind of on his time and not worldly time, not their own time, whatever it would be. And so time came up a lot. And just thinking about the ways that we talk about time and the language that we use around time as if it is something that we can waste or, or something that we can use poorly um, and, and that we, we do talk about time in a lot of the same ways we talk about money, I think, which is which I think is part of the reason I wanted to use invest in kind of investing language in the sermon too. That we do talk about it a lot of the same ways we talk about money, and we even say time is money. Like that's a even that saying itself is something that we that is part of our culture, and and so we do have this thought that if I'm not doing something with it, then then I'm wasting it, that I'm losing something, and. And I think, you know, just flipping that mindset seems to have a lot of opportunities to reset many of the thoughts that we have about the world and um, ourselves and our place in and, and so many things that we probably don't even realize until we can put that into practice well. And I say that so because... Because I'm not, I'm, I'm admittedly not there yet, so I don't even know that I could theorize what all it would impact to, to be able to make that shift well. But it's something that I'm getting better at. Um, and like I said, now that I've, I've even found it this school year so far, now that both of our, this is the first year that both of our kids have been in school. And so I typically have one off day each week, and now both of our kids are in school. So it really is more of an opportunity to say, okay, I've got some time here where there's, you know, there, there, there's no kids. I can, I can not think about work stuff today. So what does that look like? How do I need to spend 
my time? What do I do with my time today? Um, and so it's it's been interesting just kind of just thinking about those things so far this school year, and and I think it connected well, at least for me personally, with with this conversation. Yeah, time is part of the gift, and really we can think about it as that God has given us time, like all of the time that we have is what God has given us. It has all come from God, but He He asked us to dedicate a portion of that time with intentionality and specificity to rest, um, to worship, or to cessation of the normal grind and grudge of of the day-to-day week. And so I appreciated that you brought out the gift language, that this is something that God's people have appreciated as a gift given to them and as a blessing. And how amazing like what you know it's like if we think of our bosses it's not that normal for them to be like I specifically need you to take an entire day where you don't work on this project or whatever you know yeah and I think that's part of the reason that I think the gift language was was important and impactful for me because it does feel almost like it's certainly not even the picture that I think we get of God when we think of the Ten Commandments a lot, right? If you think of the Ten Commandments as these like rules that I have to follow, but like one of them is like you should just take a day where you don't do anything. Like it feels almost too good to be true or something that this would be a big deal that for a day each week I don't do anything. That like it almost feels like so. What's the catch? Um, and and I think that was so. One of the things that I didn't fully get into in the sermon was just how seriously as I, cause I, I tried to read a lot of kind of Jewish writings and rabbinical thoughts on this and how seriously a lot of Jewish people still take the Sabbath. Um, and even like there's a rabbinical thought that, that the pulse of a person changes on Sabbath, uh, because of the extent to which the rhythm of, of life and the rhythm of your day changes and you're, you're, you're doing things so differently than what you do the rest of the week that, that even your, your pulse uh, changes, that there's a physiological difference in, in your body for that day. Um, and then there's this other thought that, that I ended up coming to later in the week, that this is something that happens occasionally, I feel like, where, where I'll read something or have a thought late in the week, like leading up to Sunday, and kind of think, all right, I don't have time to flesh that out or to fully understand it or work it into the sermon before Sunday, but, but that's interesting. And, and so I don't really have a place for it right now, but, but maybe there's some place to come back to it later. And so that happened um, this past week thinking about Sabbath, because one of the things I ended up reading about or learning about that I, I never, had never really heard before was this idea that there's a Jewish thought that, that the Jewish people, or I guess you could extend that out to any kind of Sabbath observer or whatever, that, that, the, that the Sabbath observer gets an extra soul on Sabbath, uh, this like divine soul that, that they acquire or they are gifted, I guess you could say, on Sabbath. Um, and so, for instance, there's this traditional Jewish ceremony that closes out each Sabbath that is performed in a way that kind of differentiates the holiness of the Sabbath day from kind of the ordinary nature of the rest of the week. And so according to some Jewish mystical traditions, uh, you're, you're given this extra soul on Sabbath and that during the closing ceremony or sorts of, of this kind of activity at the end of the Sabbath, the extra soul is relinquished in the hope that next week when Sabbath returns, this divine soul would return to you. 
And so it's this very like, on one hand, very spiritual experience that also is is kind of thought to very much just affect your physical body and the way that it functions. And I found those things to be just really interesting and fascinating, regardless of kind of what you think about them. I think it shows that's how seriously a lot of Jewish people who still practice this think of of about what's happening. And again, that it's more than just like a good idea, that it's something that is, that is essential to who you are and, and your connectedness to God. Hmm. Wow. That's much more dramatic language than I've ever used to think about the Sabbath. But what I would say is maybe a different mindset that on, if you observe Sabbath, that this could be a day that you approach with a different mindset. It's the, it's not, you have different goals on this day and maybe it's just not having any goals. Um, to to set aside the normal rhythms of productivity and maybe commuting to work and answering emails and all of those things um just a different pace and a different rhythm and i could say that yes i think i experience the different physio- physiology um it's it's probably different being a minister but maybe like from the afternoon <laughs> Like once you know, like, okay, like Sunday worship and and all of those responsibilities are complete and then kind of moving in to the afternoon time. I think that I do experience a different physiology um, and have at different moments of just kind of like that release and breathing and something that um, I think is helpful to me and that is important to clarify when we talk about Sabbath with children and with youth is that God didn't rest because he was tired. God was not exhausted at the end of creation. Um, Ooh, that was too much. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I really got to take a nap. Like, Scripture also teaches us that God does not grow weary. He does not tire. He does not sleep. You know, he always hears our prayers, all of those things. So God's rest was out of joy and out of fulfillment of a job well done. And so I think that part of the struggle for us with Sabbath now is just feeling like we're playing catch up all week long and that we can never get all the work done. So we don't deserve a Sabbath. We don't allow ourselves time to rest because we feel like we didn't accomplish enough during the week in order to merit getting time to rest. And God says, that's exactly the point you don't deserve this. This is a gift. This is a grace. You should have to work for everything. And and I think that this is a theological metaphor for our salvation, that we do good works and we work for the kingdom of God. But even when we rest, we are still secure in our salvation in God. And it demonstrates that it depends on the work of Christ and not on our own work. Um, And so I think that even if you feel like you don't deserve it, (laughs) God has given it to you and you need it. And if you feel like you can never get enough done and you're wasting time by resting, then probably the best way to like overcome that pattern of of overexhaustion is is to rest and to create a rhythm, a regular rhythm and observance of rest which might in turn help you to be more productive during the week, which is, is something that, that I experienced um, in college and in seminary. I would not 
do any of my papers or my readings or homework or anything on Sundays. And I would see my peers going to the library and stressing out and studying for tests and trying to write their papers. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to be part of that. Like, it's just going to be different for me. This is a gift God has given me and I want to rest. And so I would take my naps on Sunday afternoons and I just wouldn't think about school, spend time with my roommates or my church family, you know, after worshiping and everything in the mornings. And then Monday mornings, I would be, I would have this incredible burst of productivity. Like I would read hundreds of pages and I would get essays written and I would end up doing well, even on like tests and things that I had on Mondays and Tuesdays. And I genuinely felt like God blessed me because I chose to rest. Um, And so I know for some people that probably sounds legalistic and like, oh, I wouldn't do any studying on Sunday. But like, to me, like it was just about the heart and the attitude of, I want to appreciate this special time that God has given me. Let my body rest, let my mind rest because seminary and graduate work was difficult. Um, And I do think that he blessed, he blessed me for that. And I think that's why it's important to to remember that kind of as you said earlier that to have there there are different goals or there's a different purpose for sabbath even than for the rest of the week and i think one of the things that's maybe even helpful for that is that there is an acknowledgement that like the way that you approach sabbath just can't be the way that you approach the rest of life um and and that that's purposeful, that, yeah, there are things you need to get done. There are responsibilities you have. There, there is work that needs to be done. Um, and so that difference requires us to think through with some intentionality, okay, how do I have a, a different approach, a different mindset, a different goal for this day, which, as you said, could come across as legalistic um, and, and could certainly go in that direction, but it also is going to require some purposefulness and intentionality to say this day is going to be different. And here are some things I'm going to have to put into place to assure that that happens. And so, again, thinking through kind of so how do Jewish people today approach it? One of the things that I read was saying that like a lot of rabbis will say that it's even or at least some. Uh, I don't want to pretend to now be like an expert on Jewish thought about this, but one of the things that I was reading (laughs) was making the case that even like turning on a light switch is a creative act that is not, that is not allowed on the Sabbath in some kind of lines of thinking. And, and so again, I think that's a way of, you could say that's legalistic, like, well, that's not that big of a deal. Or you could say it's treating it with great respect to say, I'm going to just have such a different attitude and mindset that anything that would be seen as as some type of creative act or creative doing is not going to be something that I pursue on this day for a, for a specific reason. And... And so, again, like we, we can turn anything into legalism, and I'm not suggesting necessarily that you do that. Don't even turn on the light switch on your Sabbath time. But I think it helps to think through how do I approach this in such a way that puts me in a different mindset and that changes my approach so that I am able to receive it for the gift that it is um, and, and then reenter kind of the rest of life, as you said, ready to go and, and full of life and and. Um, renewal and all those things that it's that it's designed to to accomplish. 
Yeah. And then you have Jesus coming in and saying, you should do a lot of things on Sabbath. Not necessarily a lot of things, but like you should do good. Like you should help those in need. You should care for the poor. Like you're hungry, pick some grain. A cow has swallowed in a ditch, pull it out. Like this man's hand is shriveled. I'm going to heal it. Um, And so... I don't necessarily think it's about not doing anything, but I think it's shifting your mindset toward worship, toward justice and mercy, and toward caring for your body. Like it could even be kind of like a a check-in with yourself or with your family of like, how are we doing? Like, how is everyone feeling? Are we exhausted? Um, And so I think Jesus is radical um demonstration of what sabbath was was it was actually so difficult to the people around him that they literally tried to kill him after that um but i think that that he calls for some balance and some radical reimagining of what sabbath is um and that's a time to also to reach out um, to show mercy and to care for the poor. Yeah, that's great because I think I think we can read Jesus's Sabbath actions and comments in a way that that sort of confirms or affirms this idea that we don't need to observe, observe Sabbath. Like if you're approaching the Gospels from that standpoint mm. to say, okay, we're not under Sabbath right. law. I think you can read what he's doing as almost him critiquing the very construct or, or nature of Sabbath. Um, but as you said, I don't think that's what he's doing at all. Instead, he seems to be, to be deliberately critiquing uh, the leader's approach to Sabbath. And I think even more deeply, the ways in which their kind of, uh, their approach to Sabbath, which, which did seem legalistic to some extent, and, and and to kind of critique the ways that that was seemingly disconnected from the rest of their life and religious practices in their heart. And I think that's kind of what he's trying to call out. And and to your point, to what you were saying, you know, there's a quote in, in one of the books that we've been reading uh, over the course of the series. It's called The Ten Commandments by Peter Lightheart. And he says, so this is a quote about kind of Jesus and the Sabbath. But he starts by saying, Torah calls Israel to justice, mercy, and faithfulness a Sabbath way of life. From this, it's clear that Jesus never broke Sabbath or made exceptions. Jesus keeps Sabbath by giving relief to the distressed. Pulling an ox from a ditch isn't an exception to Sabbath rules. It fulfills Sabbath by giving rest to a suffering ox. And I love that way of thinking about it and and remembering that in in the Sabbath command, uh, they're commanded for the animals to rest too, that no one is to work. No, no people, uh, even servants, foreigners, whoever, the, the animals are supposed to rest, the land rests, everyone and everything gets to rest on the Sabbath. And so I love that idea that helping another person or another animal uh, or serving someone else on Sabbath is a way of allowing them to practice Sabbath in more meaningful ways as well. And that does seem to be a radical shift that Jesus is making um, that turns Sabbath more communal in nature when it could be viewed very selfishly almost to say, well, it's, it's too bad they need help. It's my Sabbath. I can't do anything. 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's Jesus's point when he talks about pulling out a sheep that's stuck and he says like how much more wor- like worthy or how much more worth does a human being have than a sheep? So Sabbath drives toward this point of justice. And so it is about caring for ourselves and making sure that we're rested, but it's not just about my rest. It's about the rest and well-being of the community. And so it's a communal collective cessation of work that serves to be an equalizer. So the poor and the rich and the slaves all rest in, as you said, the animals and the land. So Sabbath is a statement from God showing that no person is more important than any other. And no person should ever be oppressed or overburdened with nonstop work. And so I think part of what the calling on us as Christians, and maybe this is not just like a Sunday or a Saturday thing that we do, but part of our lives in living out this commandment is considering ways in which we can improve the quality of life and seek the well-being and rest of our neighbors. And so what are ways that I can make sure the people in my community are able to rest? When I assume that, you know, Every business should function all the time when I want it. I'm likely depending on those who are filling those jobs, which are are more likely to be in lower socioeconomic status. Um, Are there ways in which I can promote rest for them? One other thing that that I didn't get to in the sermon um, was just kind of to go along with that idea of promoting rest for those around us as well is just this idea that just kind of a reminder of of how important this whole concept would have been to a group of people who were formerly enslaved and and I think that's it's really important I think to remember that context for the original kind of word or command that's given to these people um, and to remember that they were already they were already practicing Sabbath. We know that this was already something that that God had instructed them to do before they get to Sinai. Uh, and so, for instance, when when God gives them manna, they're told to only pick manna for six days, and on the seventh day, on the Sabbath, they aren't to pick manna. They're to trust that they're going to gather enough the day before that there's going to be enough to provide for this day where you don't do any rest. And and that probably is is kind of the the biggest description that we get for the Israelite people of them practicing Sabbath before we get to Sinai. Um, And I think one of the things that for me, one of the reasons that's interesting is because this command is given in remembrance language, whereas the other words or commands aren't. And so it does seem like this is a reminder of, hey, you need to still be doing this. Um, And I think the remembering language is, is interesting here. And it's something that they were already doing, they'd already been instructed to do. And then in this kind of list of 10 things, God says, and remember to to keep doing this. This is something you need to keep doing. It's important. And, And so I think that makes me think about things like how do we remember and what does remembering look like? And that we do often remember by enacting that in what we do or in what we don't do, in what we abstain from doing. Um... And, and that we, we often enact remembrance. And it's not just a mental thing or it's not just a theoretical thing, but it's something that uh, 
that is seen and that is enacted and that is that is observed. And so I was thinking of, you know, if if Ashley's birthday came and went and I didn't tell her happy birthday or get her anything or get her a cake or whatever, like she's probably going to be, you know, hurt by that. And, uh, and she may say, didn't you remember, you know, that yesterday was my birthday or whatever? And I could say, well, yeah, I remembered it. But, you know, that doesn't, if I just remember it in my head and don't do anything, that that's not the point. That remembering comes with activity or enacting it. And we do that every Sunday when we remember Christ through, um, through the sharing of this communion meal. And it's something that we enact every Sunday as a way of remembering. And, and so I think that's an important piece to this, that, yeah, remembering the Sabbath uh, and thinking about what that means to remember it and that there, there is some type of enacting that, that needs to be a part of that, um, which I think is consistent with the ways that we think about remembering in many other kind of places of life. That's so good. Yeah, remembering the Sabbath for us, I think, is potentially primarily enacted through our communal gatherings for worship and sharing in the communion meal. And even in the liturgical prayers or the prayers of confession that we pray every week, these are acts of remembrance in which we remember who God is, who we are in relationship to Him and in relationship to each other. And that's pretty much what I think all of these 10 words are about. It's God explaining who He is and who His people are to be. He's forming a particular people for himself Um, and the way that they relate to him and one another is uh, the the specifics of these words or commandments so yeah the remembrance is such a key point for us um, and I think it gets to the purpose for which God gave these originally yeah that's good so uh, I've got something I want us to close out with here in a minute. But before before we get to that, any other points or, or things we didn't get to yet that you want to make sure that we hit? Okay, can I do a quick fire real quick? <laughs> Go for it. Lightning round. Okay, so the Sabbath is about a regular rhythm of work and rest to have these in balance and priority and perspective. So that's one. Um So joy, God uh, tells the Israelite people to take delight in the Sabbath, to speak of it with fondness. And so the people of God are called to celebrate, rejoice, and observe many festivals of which Sabbath is part of those. So it's a day that's supposed to be to bring about joy and happiness and delight. Um, The people are called to make it holy, which means that this day is unique. It's set apart. It's a day that specifically calls for focusing on God, turning our attention to Him, and that is how we consecrate the day. So this day is about creating liminal space into which God can speak to us rather than packing it up with actions and activities that we can or cannot do. It's about just creating some space, kind of some time and some emptiness in which God is able to speak. And a main way that we do that is through our gathering for worship and through the sermon and our prayers. Um, It's also for the Israelite people, it was a sign of the covenant. So Sabbath observant made the Israelites unique from some of the surrounding nations around them. So likewise for us, choosing to worship with our faith community and fellowship, um, this is a place in which we contrast ourselves with the majority culture that sees Sunday as a day for housework, odd jobs, commercialism, laziness, 
obsessive sports and dreading the week ahead, <laughs> realizing that Monday is yet again at, at its heels or at, uh, upon you. So Christians welcome the week to come with hope because we have had sufficient rest um, and rest that has provided joy and reprieve for us. So that's part of our sign of the covenant, that we are a unique people. We are different from the culture around us. Um, and then part of that is preparation. So this is something interesting that we haven't talked about anywhere else, I don't think. And that's the time frame of Sabbath, that for the Jewish people, it actually began in the evening, Friday evening, and then all, the majority of Saturday, and then ended Saturday evening. And so that part of it is very interesting to me. It's actually, I think, makes it more realistic. Um because you could do a lot of things and get a lot of things that you need to get done. Then as the evening comes, you start to slow down. You start to get into that rhythm. Okay, it's time to kind of rest. And like maybe that for us, this could be by Saturday night. Like we've seen our friends. We've done a lot of stuff. We've done some homework. And we just start to kind of, you know, start to slow down and to realize, oh, Sunday is coming. So preparations, that might be laying out the clothes that you're going to wear or putting a meal in the crock pot overnight or what are these preparations that you're going to do considering that tomorrow you know you're going to have more time for rest and for the communal worship for gathering. Then by Sunday night, oh yeah, school tomorrow. Like we need to get our backpacks packed. We need to set out your shoes that you're going to wear. Um, go ahead and finish that last bit of homework you didn't get done. Like to me, that that actual rhythm of evening to evening makes it more realistic, more attainable. Um, and this is the way that God's people observed it originally. So that was my quick fire. <laughs> That's good. Well, two things I want to hit from that because, and then the second one of those will kind of lead us into where I wanted to end. But first of all, I do like that idea of of remembering the joy and the delight aspect of Sabbath. Um, and, you know, I, one of the, again, one of the kind of thoughts that I read or, or kind of articles that I read was uh, from one of these kind of sites that has Jewish literature and writings was this idea that um, a reminder that feasting is, I mean, fasting is never to be part of Sabbath, that Sabbath is this time of eating and, and celebration and joy um, and even one of the thoughts that I read said that, um, uh, that there's a thought that many people are encouraged, that married couples are encouraged to have sex on, on Friday night. <laughs> In Jewish culture? Yeah, which I had never heard before. And so I don't know, again, you don't know, different rabbis have different kind of teachings and thoughts. And we could get into, I'm sure there would be different thoughts if you really wanted to walk down that road of whether that is a creative act, but that's, that can be a conversation for another day. Um, but just that idea that, that there is this idea of kind of going back to the gift language, right? This is something to be received with joy and to be enacted with, with joy and with excitement and with celebration and feasting and all of those things. Uh, that that we would uh, that we would attach with something that we were excited about doing, uh, or that brought joy and energy uh, to life. And so the other part of that, then I guess too, is that it because I know there's there's kind of a popular or, or there's a, there's a lot of thinking now that for Christians Sunday functionally kind of is our our Sabbath which it sounds like you're, you're kind of making the case is how we should go about approaching it. And, and I think that's the one place where, where I kind of struggle because 
and, and part of it's personal because I do think that, you know, for a minister, Sunday morning is the primary <laughs> or most important, you know, quote unquote work time of the week. And it's just really difficult for me to see that time as kind of part of my personal Sabbath. And so, I, like I said, that's why it's it's easier for me to to say I'm going to kind of carve out some time at another space in the week where I can personally do that in um, in more intentional ways uh, and where I can uh, perhaps in better ways have a different mindset than, than I might on Sunday morning. Um, and so I can certainly see the benefits of both and I can see why that makes sense. And so I, I, I don't think that's a bad practice to say, yeah, I'm going to view this time from, from Saturday night to Sunday night as the Sabbath. Um, but personally for me, I do think that's where it gets into, I think the concept of Sabbath is more important than kind of when you're doing it. Um, and if it, if it works with, for you and your family, your schedule to, to do that on kind of the Saturday night to Sunday night thing, I think that's great. Um, and I do think even for me, there's, there's probably ways that we could approach that from a more communal just or familial kind of standpoint with our family because again it's not just about me but about the family and and what we're doing together as a family and all that and so i think that's where just kind of in our modern um modern pace of life and rhythms of life um it's it's difficult to to find that time and to carve it out and and maybe that does look like doing some of the kind of sabbath things on but from saturday night to sunday night but also maybe carving out time later in the week if you have to work on Sunday or if the, you know, whatever it may be, uh, that another time in the week still kind of works better. Um, I think those are things we just kind of have to work through and figure out for kind of what works for the rhythms of our own lives and um, families and all that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I think that it's a more about the heart and the the intention and this may be getting into the weeds but i don't really perceive sabbath as having a whole lot to do with our salvation um i think that this is basically yeah it's a gift from god um something that he wants to be a blessing to you and if like resting on tuesday afternoons is when you get to you know, to feel the presence of God and to slow down and to rest. I think that's wonderful. Um, I think the communal aspect, it's good to look for a time when you can do both, like the personal worship and the communal part or or family rest. And if that's not the same day, that's probably okay. Um, Yeah, you can break it up. So, yeah, yeah. But I think just it's it's an important reminder for each of us um, to assess how are we resting and how are we caring for the rest or advocating for the rest of those around us. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so that's kind of where I wanted to end up then was that question of that you kind of got us to there. How, how do you rest? And so I wanted to think about that a little bit at the end with maybe just kind of thinking through that question or tips, ideas, whatever, um, what would we do? And so, uh, you know, one of the things that I know we, even you, you and I, Rachel, have talked about in some other places is like just not even opening email or, or kind of 
maybe even if you know if if there's a a computer or a device that you typically use for work, if you're trying to spend a day in Sabbath rest, either intentionally not opening that device or or closing your email or whatever else would be kind of work related if there's something you have to do for some other purpose on that on that device or machine. But maybe it is saying intentionally, like, I'm not going to do this thing that I typically do on on kind of other days and at other times, because I know that's going to get me into this kind of other mindset, other rhythm, uh, whatever it may be. Maybe it's starting your day in a different way or starting that Sabbath time with with something that would intentionally be a different rhythm or a different practice than what you would do elsewhere in the week so that it does enable you and help you to get into that different mindset or rhythm. Um, so I want to talk about maybe just a few other things like that as we close out here. So what, what would you add to that list, Rachel, of how do, how do we rest and how do we, how do we approach that with a different mindset and with different goals and what are some practical things to help us do that? Yeah, maybe it would be helpful for each person to kind of write out a brainstorm of things that they know are restful for them, because for each of us, it might be different. Um, And maybe also to consider what relationships do you need to nurture and how might you be able to have time for that and on a particular day um, intentionally to know like this day, I'm going to make sure I call this person or like for me, like just to sometimes to have lunch with Hezzy is like a, a gift because we don't really get that during the week um, or taking a nap. <laughs> uh, that to me is almost like a discipline that that I used to be in a, an excellent rhythm of and now it's more difficult because I'm not in a rhythm of it. Um, but yeah, taking naps or like dancing like putting on a song that you like and dance absolutely like dance can be restful that can be like part of the physiological like something that's different or unique um whether it's lyrical or hip-hop or whatever you know like just to like move your body or like yoga type of movements and stretching or going for a long walk in nature or exploring a new place um i think anything that would help you to to breathe to enjoy and to experience god um would be a good way to to spend sabbath time yeah that's good and i think too um you know maybe even thinking about this is something i've even tried to incorporate into kind of my work days and stuff is to think at the end of the day think about okay so what do i need to do by the end of this day so that i can be fully present at home and not still be kind of in work mindset. And so, you know, yes, you, you kind of talked about preparations for Sabbath and that there were a lot of things um, that the Jewish people would do in advance of Sabbath to, to prepare and to get ready so that they wouldn't have to work on Sabbath. And I think that's, that's a similar probably thing for us. What, what do I have to do beforehand so that I'm not thinking about schedules during my Sabbath rest? That I'm not using my Sabbath rest to plan out the rest of my week and to make lists and to, uh, to kind of do that. Um, and so maybe there's things you can do, do in advance of that or, or things you can do to kind of shut that part of your brain off for that time. I think those things um, are important too, so that we don't let, because once your mind starts going into everything else you're going to need to do with work or school or whatever else it is, um, then it's like we're bringing all of that potential stress and 
Um, and we're bringing that potential stress into our Sabbath time. And we're, we're probably not switching mindset as much as would be best for that practice in time. Yeah, and I would say I, I do think Sabbath is a discipline. And what I mean by that is that it's not something that comes naturally. It's something that you develop and grow into. And so I would say, like, if you were like, oh, I wasn't going to check email, like I failed at Sabbath, you know, I don't think that 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 would really be helpful. I think just to have grace for yourself and to try and set boundaries, but to experiment and to learn what is restful and what's a good rhythm for you um, and to be okay, like if you didn't stick to it perfectly, but to realize this is a process that could grow and develop over the course of your lifetime. And so um, you might you might struggle more in the season when you have young kids and that's okay. Um, or you might, you know, be, be, be better at it in different seasons because of different circumstances. And so I think it's, it's good to, to try it out and maybe like give yourself a challenge of like three months or something like we're going to be intentional about, about Sabbath and just see what happens. Um, and see if you experience the blessing of God on that, or if you're able to, uh, to reach out in justice toward your community or to, to have more healthier relationships in your family and just see what happens. Yeah. And to go with that, I think too, especially if this is not something that, that you have been accustomed to doing, that it may be helpful on the front end to set more boundaries or kind of, um, I don't know if regulations is the right word, but kind of more than you would think would be necessary on the front end. Um, and as you said, not to, not that you would beat yourself up or kind of feel like you failed if you didn't meet all those, but because of kind of, I think it just takes, it takes a lot of intentionality to break us out of kind of our typical routines and habits. And so if that means I've got to set up kind of more structure or uh, or more boundaries than I think may be necessary. I think that can be good on the front end to say, yeah, I'm going to need to do this to really pull myself away from this. And then, as you said, to experiment, see what works and what doesn't, what helps me to be restful and what doesn't. Um, or like where in my life do I find myself kind of pursuing something because I think it's going to be restful, but it never really is. You know, and so like I know we talked about this again in kind of another conversation about even something like Facebook, that sometimes we may use something like Facebook telling ourselves it's a way to relax or to kind of disconnect from work or the rest of the day or whatever. But like just to do a check in after that and say, so how did like how did that make me feel? Does Facebook accomplish that for me Uh, or is it a way that, that does have value in my life of keeping me connected to, to people and, and circumstances and organizations or whatever, but it's not restful and it's not something that I need to be pursuing in, in what I've carved out as my Sabbath time. And so I, I kind of vaguely referenced some of that, I think, in the sermon, but that would be, a kind of, I think, the specific, a specific instance of kind of part of what I was referencing and part of the sermon was that there may be things that that we tell ourselves are things we do for enjoyment or rest, but they don't actually always provide that. Um, I think even like watching sports used to be that for me. I've gotten better at just just watching sports for kind of enjoyment or um, or relaxing, 
But man, like in the past, <laughs> if if my team lost, yeah, I would just be so distraught that I was like, well, that wasn't restful. Like I just chose to invest all those hours um, in this as as a way to relax, and now I'm angry and <laughs> anxious and worked up, and like this is this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think I can engage it more now from a purely entertainment. Um, r- relaxing way, but I think those things are helpful to think about. What what does um, with some of these things that I'm doing in life? Are they accomplishing what I think they accomplish, or are they not? Yeah, and so not everything has to be restful, right? Um, so right, but the things that you are intending for them to be, I guess it's good to evaluate. Is it actually <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's good. All right. Well, we kicked a lot around today. Thank you for your thoughts, Rachel. It's always good to hear your your perspective and the uh, the wisdom and perspective that you bring to these conversations. So, thanks for for joining me and for kicking around Sabbath and rest. And hopefully, we can all find time to to do some of those things in the the coming week. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Good conversation. Bye, Viners. Well, we usually close in prayer. You want to close us in prayer? (laughs) We could have just let it end with vine with with by viners, but uh, we'll leave that up to Jason in the editing. Jason, you can uh, (laughs) Jason, you can leave this in or take it out. But okay, Rachel, why don't you close us out for tradition and rhythm's sake? That's right. Lord, you are so good. We worship you and thank you for the many gifts and blessings that you give us. And thank you that rest is one of them. Show us how to find that rhythm of rest that's restorative, renewing, and that reconnects us with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.